Well, hello and welcome to the Christchurch Lifelines podcast, where we will be continuing the conversation started in our recent sermon series on mental health. In these four episodes, we will further explore the realities of mental health struggle and its intersection with faith. Join myself, Aaron Foster, and Christchurch pastor Tara Beth Leach as we sit with guests and professionals to learn how to seek hope in such a frenzied world. Each episode will also feature an intentional spiritual discipline led by Pastor Eric Haskins, designed to help us live into healthy rhythms of prayer and scripture to find hope and peace amidst our struggle. We are excited for you to join us as we continue the conversation of seeking lifelines for our mental health. Our guest today is Liz Reynolds, a Chicago-area therapist who is passionate about creating space for people to be seen and to be heard. Liz is also a certified facilitator of The Daring Way, a methodology based on the research of Dr. Brene Brown, developed to support men, women, and adolescents in vulnerability and shame resilience. We are excited to learn and grow in empathy and vulnerability today, so let's dive in now. Well, hello, everyone. We are, again, excited to have um, yet another um, episode of our Lifelines podcast, and we have just an amazing guest here today. Her name is Liz Reynolds. She is a therapist, um, licensed social worker. Um, Liz, we are so pumped to have you. Hello. How are you? Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. And we are joined um, once again with um, Pastor Tara Beth Leach. Tara Beth, how are you doing today? Hey, Aaron and Liz, I'm doing great. And I'm so looking forward to this conversation. We are excited to jump into this and excited to have have Liz with us to to talk about empathy and what it looks like to hold space and to to dive into vulnerability. And and that theme right there is the one that um, as I've been kind of reflecting on our first two podcasts and those conversations with Amy Simpson um, and Dr. Tom Nutter, um, the common theme and the encouragement from them has has been for when we are going through times of, of um, mental health struggle or burden or pain, um, their encouragement has been to step into vulnerability, to share with the people around us, the people who love us and care, care for us, and, and to share with professionals, um, what are the burdens that are going through in our lives? Um, because um, there's often a recognition that, that or a feeling that, that feels like we are, we are isolated in our um, experiences. Um, but their, their encouragement was to, to remind us that we aren't alone um, and, and that people around us want to be able to, to shoulder these burdens um, with us. Um, and so that kind of brought us to this conversation um, because on the flip side, if, if you are somebody who, who has a friend who's going through something and they come to you and say, hey, Pastor Tara Beth, um, I, I, I've been going through this really deep trauma in my life. Um, at least for me, I, I often you know, immediately don't, don't exactly know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to steward that conversation best. I don't know how to care for that person best. I don't know how to love that person. Um, and so today we want to talk about, we want to talk about empathy. What does it look like to be empathetic? What does it look like to be a resource um, for the people around us that are coming to us in their trauma and their brokenness and their, and their anxiety and their depression and, and sharing with us. Um, and so Liz, just to kick us off, what, what are the ways um, that we can, we can be a resource for others? What, how would you define um, what being empathetic looks like? Um, well, thanks, Aaron, and who I would uh, draw upon for this amazing conversation. I'm trained in Brene Brown and her research, and as a daring way facilitator in my work, you know, she just defines empathy as a willingness to be present 
in someone else's pain. Mm. Um, and I just, I find that so beautiful, that presence, Mm -hmm. you know, and you talk about vulnerability and, you know, her research and vulnerability and shame is, you know, vulnerability is our birthplace for connection. And if we're truly connecting with others and their pain, that's where, you know, empathy lies is Mm -hmm. being willing to be present with that. Now, I know we'll hopefully hash out together a little bit about what that can look like, but just as a, as a starting point, feeling with people Mm. um, and being present there. I think that's so good, Liz, just the simple invitation of being present. You know, I think so many of us feel temptation um, in the moment or attempted in the moment when someone comes to us with, with pain, um, or they're sharing something very deep and very personal. We understand, I think most people understand how sacred that is. Mm-hmm. And, and then we start to panic, mm-hmm. you know, I, I what, what am I going to say to them? Um, mm-hmm. how, how am I going to, how are they going to feel better after being mm. with me. And this is a temptation for pastors. Even oh, yeah. um, we get to hold this very sacred space uh, with people in our congregations um, who are often worse. We're sometimes the first people they tell mm-hmm. uh, when they are going some through something um, profoundly painful. Mm-hmm. And even pastors are, are so tempted to try, you know, we're going through our mind, like, okay, we're, you know, it's, it's, trying to think of what we need to say next. And, you know, we got to give them three practical things, um, <laughs> you know, so that way when they leave here, like they've got something to hold on to. And of course, what we're learning is, you know, just this, this practice of deep listening, of mm-hmm. holding space, of seeing yeah. people in their pain. And I love how it's just simply being present. Mm. You don't mm-hmm. have to say anything. You don't have to distract them and say something funny, just being present. Yeah. And you know, rarely is it about what we say mm-hmm. that actually they remember, you know, mm-hmm. right? My Angelou, you know, t- telling us that it's how we make a person feel, mm-hmm. you know, it's not what necessarily what we say, but our presence and how they feel in our presence. Right. You know, so I mean, therapists too, my gosh, we put so much pressure on ourselves to say the right thing, be exactly the right, perfect way to say it, you know, and you know, it 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 rarely is about that, you know perfect response, the perfect words. It's about that connection to pain, which is about emotion. And guess yeah. what? That's vulnerable for us as the listener, right? Like, oh, yeah. and as Brene Brown tells us the definition of vulnerability, it's risk, uncertainty, and emotional exposure. And it's like, mm-hmm. what comes up in us when I have someone sharing with me that their child just got in a car accident and is in the ICU. Well, I go right to my own child and like, oh, holy cow, what would happen if my daughter got right. in a car accident? And that would right. be the most terrifying thing. And then before I know it, I'm imagining my girl going through that very thing. And I'm not mm. in the present moment with my dear friend that's worried about her daughter, you know? And certainly that wasn't my intent at all, but it's vulnerable to be with. Yeah. and be there with someone else. It brings yeah. up our own stuff and brings up our own emotions. Yeah. So we don't have to have the right thing to say or even know what the other person is going through. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's better when we don't in that regard because then we don't get into that fix-it mode, you know? Mm. So. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I want to I talk on that fix-it mode in just a second. But before we do that, um, you talk about how being empathetic and being present with people is, is vulnerability, um, often takes mm-hmm. vulnerability for yourself. What, 
would you say that that's a way that we can become more comfortable in those moments? Is is being more comfortable even a, a, a valid goal in that? Or is that discomfort of um, empathy and vulnerability, is that something that is just always going to be normal? Um, and then on top of that, basically, my, the question is, is would would practicing our vulnerability in our own lives help us to to serve others better um, in in being empathetic? Does that question make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It t- makes total sense. And the answer, the short answer, is yes, mm. for sure. Um, and part of empathy is like Kristen Neff talks about mindfulness is a critical part of empathy and self compassion. Um, and Kristen Neff is an amazing research in self-compassion and mindfulness as she described, defines it as being in your emotion and being in it and moving through it. So if Mm -hmm. I'm in my own emotion, as I'm listening to someone else and moving through it, I'm better able to be present. I'm not offloading it or shutting it down or trying to bright side the person, you know, unintentionally because I'm it's too big for me to even feel, you know, so that's a quick answer to vulnerability, like in, in holding our own emotions and taking care of them um, in a mindful way. Does that make wow. sense? Yeah, that does make sense. it's really good. That's powerful. Let me, let me push us into that fix it conversation, right? Because I think mm. a lot of the time um, when we aren't careful, when we, and even, even dare I say, when we are careful, um, are, we can slip into this, this, this mode of when we're, receiving um, and we're sitting with somebody and we're present with somebody um, and they're sharing the difficult and the pain and the brokenness of their lives, mm-hmm. our, our minds, our postures snap into this, okay, well, here's what you can do um, as like a mm-hmm. consultant for their issue yeah. rather than somebody who's desiring to just be present with them. Um, what is, what, yeah, expound on that a little bit more. What, what's, what's unhelpful about that? Why is it so easy for us to, to fall into that type of trap? Oh, it's so easy for every one of us to fall into that trap because we want that person, our loved one to be okay. And mm. that's our vulnerability, right? Like we want them to be okay. Yeah. Um, and my gosh, it's beautiful, right? And so mm. uh, I love the reminder that Brene Brown tells us that empathy is a practice and that enables us to always have the chance to circle back. So when we mess up, not if, because that's practicing vulnerability is saying, acknowledging we are going to make mistakes. I get to circle back to my friend and be like, you know what? When you were telling me about your struggles with your partner yesterday and I just went into fix it mode, like I, I just, I just want to come back and acknowledge that I, I don't think I heard you, you know, and I just want to check in about that. And you seemed really sad. Was that what you were saying? You know, and then she can be like, no, I'm really angry. You know, I'm like, great what's that like you know so just uh, those clarifying questions and honoring the that you made a mistake you know because mm-hmm. we're all uh, no one has the perfect thing to say that's why we're all struggling in this stuff yep. you know together so yep. yeah. we're human beings too yeah. yeah it seems like a lot of that too um can be the product of of making assumptions for for folks and what they're experiencing um, based mm. on maybe what we think we would experience, which could be yeah. valid, but could also be completely off base because we're living a completely different experience than they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder, I wonder how do we, yeah, what are some of the the questions, the the clarifying questions that we should be thinking to ask? Um, how do we, yeah, how do we ask and listen better than we, you know, 
you know, yeah. speak, speak on and prescribe, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I think even just like the, um, I don't even know what to say right now, mm. but I'm glad you told me. Mm. I'm wow. so yeah. grateful that you told me. I'm sitting here going, man, I want to come up with the most perfect thing to say that would just take all of your pain away. And I can't do that. Mm. And that breaks my heart. You know, like those kinds of things, just acknowledging this really stinks. And I wish it wasn't so, you know, just acknowledging the, the significance of their pain. Um, yeah. What does it mean for them? What is this like for them? Um, you know, those questions, you know, like, you don't have to do the typical therapist question. So how does that feel? Or what is that like for you? You know, but you can, you know, <laughs> um, but just those open-ended questions out of a space of curiosity. Yeah. You know, like I always look for the indicator lights in my own self and in my own body, like a lot of the support I, you know, work and giving my own self and my clients and is what my body's telling me and what's coming up. So if I have a quote indicator light, I like to call them that saying, do I really want to fix this. What do I want to say? I know that that's my own stuff coming up. Mm -hmm. So then I can take a deep breath and then just have one of those questions, you know, like, you know what, I, this is so hard. Like, tell me more. What is this like for you? Yeah. I really like that. Um, keeping it open-ended because again, it's still just creating the space to be present. Mm -hmm. with the person to help them, uh, feel safe to tell their mm -hmm. story. Um, and you know, I think we've all been in situations with really well-meaning dear friends, dear people who, when they hear it, they, you know, they want to tell us how they think we're feeling mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. they'll just kind of insert, you must, wow, you, you must be feeling this or that you must be thinking this. And that means you must be wanting to do this. And before yeah, I yeah. know it, like they're prescribing maybe how I feel in the moment, maybe how I don't, but either way, it's kind of taking away that space for me to share. Yeah. And that can unintentionally like really ignite some shame in us. Right. Oh, and that, sure. then we're disconnected. That's just yep. the whole opposite of what we intended that we feel disconnected right. from, right. you know, that person. If, right. Or if we start going into, you know, prescribing thoughts mm -hmm. that they should do, they're going to feel more disconnected from us. Mm -hmm. we, we lose the intention of connecting yep. with them. You said it right at the top, but more and more I'm recognizing how much um, the practice of empathy is continued vulnerability. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that, yeah, that's just, yeah just making a note that that is, that's a really profound thing. Um, and so being able to, to sit, sit in that, recognize what's going on in, in your own mind as you're, as you're um, being present with somebody um, and being able to hold both of those at the same time and recognize that, that it's, it's coming out of, yeah, that vulnerability um, on your end, the, the ability to be fully present and to, to sit with people um, amidst their pain. Um, so yeah, just, that just keeps ringing in my head. Um, when you said that, the more you, the more you talk about it. And, you know, it's just really, the more we practice, and again, it's a practice of empathy. It's not mm -hmm. um, something that is just, you know, like, like you said, that we're born with, we need to learn, we teach our kids, we engage in our parents as they're getting older and have different abilities, you know, and, and we're caring for them differently. We, we need to keep learning and practicing new empathies. And it's really about emotions, right? We're connecting 
we don't have to know what the other person is going through at all, but we're connecting with the underlying emotion. Like we've all felt grief, we've all felt anger, we've all felt sad, mm -hmm. we've all felt fear, you know, um, and can connect there versus mm -hmm. the experience. Yeah. 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 On that, on that note, it's it's easy for me in these situations. Um and somebody's sharing with me something that they are going through. It's easy for me to quick index my life history and say, okay, <laughs> this is this is the closest adjacent mm -hmm. personal life experience that I have with what I am hearing that they're going through. And the truth is that I'm probably not hearing it clearly because I'm indexing everything. Um, and so how can I draw from my personal experience to inform how I communicate with them about their experience? Um, what's helpful in that? What's harmful in that type of um, processing with somebody? Well, I think, first of all, it's great to know that someone's been there, right? I mean, that's what, you know, you've been talking about this wonderful podcast about like connecting with others, people not feeling alone, you know, so that's amazing, you know, and knowing that. So, um, and I think it's when we get in the in the filing system and we mm -hmm. get caught up in like the experience versus the emotion, you okay. know, and it's just like, yeah. you know, so we can name like, yeah, I've been there. It's really lonely, isn't it? Like mm -hmm. I felt lonely. Is that what you felt? You know, mm -hmm. um, it was really fearful for me to be in that experience. What was it like for you? You know, mm -hmm. so it's like, you can connect that you had something similar and then explore more on that undercurrent of emotion yeah. to see if that's, you know, because yes, we, we want to, um, you know, minimize isolation, of course, through these shared experiences. Yeah. Yes. But I think, I think you're, yeah, I think you cleared up really well in saying that it's about, it's about connecting with the emotion more than it is the experience itself um cuz mm -hmm. the details of all of our experiences are going to be completely different even though they're you know maybe 90% the same it might be that 10% that that I dial in on um that that makes it more difficult to create that presence and that connection um because they're not experiencing it the same way and so how do we sit with and ask questions about the emotions from the the shared you know, quote unquote, shared experiences, yeah. um, rather than the details of the experience um, themselves. That's really good. And I think it comes from that place of openness too. like, mm. wow, my son was hospitalized as well. What was that like for you? I felt really alone and didn't have other parents that were going through a similar experience. Were you able to connect with that? You know, mm. so it's like, you can name your experience. And also like, what are you feeling in this? You know, yeah. so can be it can be both and yeah too, not just oh i know what you went through my son went to the hospital and i had this 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 and this i mean we've all done that and then the other person's looking at us and like oh boy that was an empathic miss if i ever had one yeah so yeah this it's really common i think with you know pregnant mamas you know my boys are yeah. 10 and 12 now but i remember mm -hmm. when i was pregnant you know going through the emotions. Um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a mom, you know, and then like the birth plan and how many times, you know, we would I'd be with someone who maybe is further along than me, you know, maybe she has children that are grown or, and I'll tell her my fears. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'll, I'll open up, um, 
And all of a sudden I'm sitting there listening to like her horrible birth story for over an hour, you know, and it's like, oh my goodness, like I didn't want to hear that. And then you just (laughs) got to leave the conversation like what just happened. But you know, that, that easily happens in a lot of different spaces where someone comes to share their story. And then, you know, two hours later, the other person's been sharing their story for 90% of that time. And you walk away thinking, I don't even know what just happened. Right. Cause, and then ultimately you're taking care of their story. You're taking care right. of that, you right. know, where mm-hmm. you are wanting to be vulnerable and then unintentionally that other person sort of shared their right. experience and it, it became a, a flip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That happens so much. Right. And, and where, where's the grace in that? Um, because in any healthy relationship there there's going to be mistakes there's going to be misses like you're saying um and and then there's there hopefully there can be um some humility and grace and um forgiveness in those and yeah seeking forgiveness and and offering forgiveness in that i can think of so many times where i've sat with somebody and i've probably shared you know my own experience Mm -hmm. and and flipped the the table and it wasn't what that person needed at the time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the question in that is, but um, maybe just to name that, that that's going to happen um, and, and we're going to mess up. Um, yeah. yeah. Can you, can you share a little bit more on that? Yeah. And that's the practice, right? That's why, mm. you know, practicing empathy is truly that that's why, and it is vulnerable to be present with someone else because we're gonna mm-hmm. mess up we're gonna overshare and that's why yeah. the circle back is so fantastic you know like hey you know I I feel like I went on a little long the other day mm. and sort of made it about myself that's the story I'm telling myself just wanted to check in with you if that was your experience you know but uh, I'd love to ask again what it's like for you so I can understand more you know so I mean that's and, and boy, is that another opportunity for deeper connection between me and that other yeah. person, you know, yeah. like I've done that with my partner. I've done that with my kids. I've certainly done that with my clients, you know, even like, Hey, you know, you said this last week, I just want to make sure that, you know, I heard you right. And was there and let's, you know, like, tell me more or just clarify for me, like, yeah, we all, and, and that's just a, another amazing opening for deeper connection yeah which is what we're all striving for and all you know needing so yeah yeah Yeah, that's really good and i think i think that circling back practice is is one that um we we have the conversation and then we just immediately kind of continue on um with with our lives and we don't we don't even in our minds often circle back to the conversation and say what what you know and process through what was that person sharing with me what was i sharing in response to that let alone um going back and talking to them about that again um we we right. often don't even get to that that point um to begin with um and so just just a really good reminder um at least for me to to be thinking about circling back um for myself to circle back through that conversation um but then to be able to reach out and say hey just wanted to to follow up on this um yeah because that's vulnerable right i mean even yeah. our best great example yeah. of receiving someone's two-hour birth tra- traumatic birth story right you know, to even for you to go back and be like, Hey, that was, that was a lot the other day. Like, are you okay? You know, I was, wow. I was, it was yeah. kind of hard for me. You know, I, I really want to share with you a bit more about what I'm going through, but boy, it seems like you're going through some stuff too. And I just wanted to ask you and check in with you, you know, even being the receiver when, you know, someone was 
you know, wanting to be there for you. It's, it's vulnerable going back. Mm. Absolutely. And scary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is vulnerability ever clean? Um, It feels like, it feels like we always want these conversations to be really neat and tidy. Mm -hmm. And we want to, you know, the, you know, I'll, I'll even share a little bit of the the background of this specific episode, I sent um, Liz some questions, and some of them were like, "How do we answer the what do I even say question?" Um, and that's mm-hmm. that's me trying to say, "How do we make this as clean as possible?" Um, but the more th- that I that we're talking about it, I'm I'm recognizing, and even in my own experience of of being on both sides of this conversation, is it it never really is super clean. Um, and there's there's something to the the realness, the the mm-hmm. maybe holy messiness, if you will, of that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you can speak to that tension at all or if you have thoughts on that. Um, but yeah, what what yeah. about the yeah, how do we how do we manage that feeling, I guess? Absolutely. No, and that's um like Brene Brown's research that she has for done for decades. Like vulnerability is in fact messy. Mm-hmm. And when we choose to be vulnerable, it, it's the most, it's so courageous and brave to do because it's a guarantee of failure, right? Like wow. we're showing up for something with the absolute guarantee we're going to fail. Mm. So, you know, she describes it as the arena. We're in the middle of the arena, getting messy, getting our knees, skin, dirt on our face, like making mistakes time after time. And we get up and we go again. You know, vulnerability is the very essence of making mistakes, Mm. you know? Yeah. So then if vulnerability is, is really messy um, and, and it isn't, is almost a guarantee of failure, how can we be sure that, that it's, that it's helpful, that people, that we're, Mm -hmm. we're, that it's, that it's a a good thing, right? Because failures, failures, bad messiness, but it's bad unless it's not. And it's, it's, it's failures bad unless it's, it's actually leading to something fruitful. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, how do we, how can we be confident in, in the power of vulnerability and, and um, empathy when it is, you know, it feels so wrong or, or messy or difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's in a high achieving society. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Suburbs, some seriously high achieving people in our yep. area. Yep. Cause it's the essence of everything that we strive to be it's the beginning of connection it's the birthplace Mm. of joy of Mm. love of compassion of empathy that that we're talking about today it is the true birthplace of all that because without failure we wouldn't have success you know it's all it's the it's the both and it's all of the feelings we can't have the good without the hard right i mean that's right so it's the fear with the love it's yep. the joy with the sad. It's the anger with the peace, right? So, what? And that's the. I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole of a lot of you know, you know, history of thousands and thousands of years of knowing that you know our our humanity and and all the good and the bad together. But yeah, that's. So to show up for vulnerability is to show up for love. To show up mm-hmm. for each other is to mm-hmm. show up for something bigger than ourselves yeah and be really messy and and to be honest that's what you know the jesus i look to is you know is is showing up period 
you know, yeah. and being mm-hmm. messy. And yeah. we certainly did that yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. every single minute. So, yeah, as we, as we kind of come to a close, um, I want to give you a chance and we've done this with the other two, two guests. Um, I would love to hear from you if, if there's, if there's one listener that's, that's tuning in today, that, that is either, um, maybe we'll ask you two questions. The first one, we have a listener who is currently in a conversation with a friend um, and doesn't know, doesn't know how to respond, doesn't know what to do um, because this friend is really, really struggling. Um, this mm-hmm. friend um, and, and has turned to them because they, they feel like this, this person is a, is a safe person to talk to. I can share with them this stuff. I, I know that they care for me, um, but, but that person just doesn't know what to do with that. What would you say to them um, even now? I would say that person that's first of all, you're such a wonderful friend for being mm. there and sitting with your friend sharing this mm, with you. And secondly, that. you're not alone too. Like you mm. need support, right? Yes. You need support. And if that's a professional, absolutely. If that's another that's a caring loved one for you as the the listener, as the empathor, if that's a word. Um <laughs> it is now. you know, to <laughs> it is now to gain that support, like you're not alone. Like that, 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 and I don't want to say burden because it's not that the heavy that you're mm. holding is, is really just a, a, a beautiful example of the love and concern you have for your loved one that you're worried about. And you can share that with a, another trusted person, a professional mm. too, yeah. pastor, yeah. you know, that you, that you trust that would be, that would be kept safe, you know, in a, in the vault, so to speak. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and then kind of on the flip side, what do you say to the, to the friend who is sharing? Um, if, if you were that friend, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that she was, she or he was sharing that to you about what would, what would you say? What are your first, um, responses in that, in that space? If she was sharing with me something, you know, in her life that was really big and hard. Correct. Yeah. 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 Oh, just like what we talked about, like, that is, that is so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for telling me. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for, for letting me in. Um, I just want to hear more about what that's like for you. And like, it, I am sad. I am scared because I want to do the right thing by you and help and support you. And I want to be in this with you. So I'm going to keep checking in on you. You don't have to answer me back. I'm going to text you. I'm going to just drop this, you know, lunch on your front porch. Here's a Starbucks. You know, I'm going to give you this resource. You don't even have to respond back. Um, But I am going to keep checking in. Um, And I am going to keep asking how you're feeling right now. Um, A lot of times timestamp is really helpful. Mm. How are you this afternoon? You know, what's your morning like? What was your day like? How did it go when your husband got home from work tonight? You know, like those timestamps, you know, I'm going to keep checking in with you and let you know I'm, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's really good. Thanks for sharing that. I think one of the things about a conversation about vulnerability and empathy is that it's easy to have um, the theoretical conversation Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds really great and really, really easy. Um, And that's, I I don't even know if I mean the word easy, but it seems like it's doable. Um, And then you get into the practical situations and all of that is, is 
gone, right? It's hard to right. recall what, how do I, you know, engage these, these different things um, to, to manage this, um, this, this friendship, this, and steward this, this presence really well, um, because we're, we're caught up in all the different emotions. And so yeah. one of the things that, that you've been saying in, in, in modeling for us is, is that um, naming our own emotions, um, not assuming what they're, they're, they're feeling, um, but asking those questions and mm -hmm. then continuing to follow up that circle back idea is so good. Um, and so to go in and, and let them know that they're heard, um, and that you yeah. care deeply for them, um, and that you desire to, to, to be somebody that they can, they can share with, um, but not to make assumptions about, about what, what they're feeling, but to, to, further that connection um, by asking them, by having the, the humility to say, what is this like for you? Um, I'm mm -hmm. feeling this way about it. Does that match what you're feeling? Um, if And if not, what are you feeling? I want to be able to, to understand this more. I think that's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that really succinct summary, Aaron. And, and I love how that just brings home the point that then they don't have to take care of us, right? And our reactions. When we're continuing to circle back, and check in. It's not about us and our worry for them or our emotions, but how they're doing. So they get yeah. to have their space for us to be there. Mm -hmm. And the boundaries are clear. Where they end and we begin is really clear that, that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Liz, so much for this yes. conversation. Oh, yeah. This yeah. has been super really great. Thank you. It's one of those things where it's I look at the clock and I'm like, this was only, you know. 30, 35 minutes, whatever it is. How did we cover so much ground, um, and get so much, <laughs> so much fruit in this conversation? Um, and so we're really grateful for your wisdom and your, your, your posture even, um, and even just this conversation. Um, yeah. Modeling a posture that we can take elsewhere. Um, and so, so we appreciate that. Um, and the, both the theoretical and the, and the practical side that are going to be so helpful for, for folks. Um, and I will put my name top on the list. This will be really helpful for, for myself going forward. So I appreciate it. Oh, thanks. It's been an honor just to share what's been helpful for me too, in my own practice. Like I'm practicing empathy too. We all are, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, and yep. thank you for what you do. I believe that, you know, therapists, um, and, you know, in small ways are partnering with God and redeeming creation and mm. redeeming and helping heal, mm. uh, partnering with that work of helping, uh, bringing about healing and a lot of hurt and, um, and a lot of pain in this world. And, um, so thank you for what you, you do and your presence. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And now let's send it over to Pastor Eric Haskins as he offers us a spiritual practice that can serve as a lifeline for all of us. The practice of empathy. This willingness to be present in someone else's pain, as Liz defined it. Uh, so I'm being vulnerable here, folks, and honest. Th this is a hard one for me. Hard in the sense of sitting with and being with someone in their pain, for me, is not something that comes natural. Uh, the way I'm wired, I basically do my best to avoid pain and at least paint a smiley face on it. So sitting with someone in their pain is something I really have to focus on doing. But as I listened to this week's conversation, my mind and my heart were drawn to the words and imagery 
of vulnerability, of holding space, of being present, of listening. Those ideas resonate with me as they bring me to the spiritual practice of centering prayer. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Centering prayer isn't about bringing my lists, requests, demands to God. It's not even about bringing my words. Let's face it. How many times do words fail us, especially when it comes to the emotional pains we ourselves or our loved ones are facing? Centering prayer is about placing myself in the presence of Jesus, in a place beyond words where the Spirit personally does that transforming work in the way that only God can. I have found personally that the fruit of centering prayer, being present to God without words, helps me to be more present to others. So my encouragement for us this week is to engage in this ancient prayer practice of centering prayer. This enables us to hold space, to be present to God, and as a grace to others in our lives. Now, to practice centering prayer, I have four steps. To begin, we start with at least 10 minutes. Set a gentle timer on your phone uh, so you don't have to worry about when to stop. I actually have a great centering prayer app I use that has a timer built right in it. And this app also does a great job at having nice, gentle sounds. So when I'm coming out of setting a prayer, it doesn't startle me like my uh, AM alarm clock. So you start by setting aside at least 10 minutes, especially as you begin. Step two, place yourself in a comfortable position and begin to intentionally place yourself in the presence of God. As you do this, envision yourself because you are, you're invited and you're welcomed and you're known by God. And you're now sitting in the center of his grace and love. Step three for centering prayer is choose a, a simple word or a spiritual phrase. And this is used as an anchor, as a lifeline, if I may say that, that expresses your desire to be present with God. It could be as simple as the word love or peace. Uh, I almost always use the word grace. And let this word guard your attention. And what I mean by that is expressed in step four. So as you're setting aside that 10 minutes, as you're in that comfortable position, placing yourself before God, and as you now have your sacred word to bring your attention back, you now begin in step four to become quiet. Picture yourself sitting by a stream um, and you notice the debris on the stream, a leaf, a stick. Uh, this debris represents your distracting thoughts because let's face it, you're sitting in silence for 10 minutes or more, you're going to have distracting thoughts and that's okay. But just as you're sitting beside that stream, looking at it, those leaves, you look at it, you recognize it and you let it go. That twig that's floating by of what you're going to have for dinner, that distracting thought, 
you recognize it, you acknowledge it, and you let it float by. You don't fish them out. But again, you just acknowledge and let them drift on. You simply then gently return to the presence of Christ by voicing your sacred word. So as your mind drifts and you find yourself being distracted, I would simply say, grace, and come back. Grace, and come back to the center of Jesus. Now, you're going to have to do this many, many, many times, even within 10 minutes. That's okay. Every time you do, simply use that word. Don't beat yourself up about it. Bring that, use that word to bring yourself center and back to the presence of Jesus. Over time, this practice of being present to God enables you to be present to others in ways that can only be described as the transforming work of God's grace. And that grace for yourself and for your friend could be the very lifeline you need. Enjoy. Well, thank you so much for joining us and a special thanks to Liz Reynolds and pastors Tara Beth Leach and Eric Haskins for all of the wisdom and truth that they shared with us today. Our prayer, as always, is that this last hour has been fruitful for you in your journey of faith and toward mental health. If you would benefit from more resources on the topic, please visit our webpage at christchurch.us lifelines. And as always, feel free to reach out to our team if you would value a conversation, prayer, or just someone to listen. We look forward to seeing you next time on Lifelines, a conversation on mental health.